And now, here they are, the Beatles! Hi, I'm Justin Shears, and welcome to Only a Northern Song. In this series, I'll be exploring the words and the music of the Beatles, but not through the usual tracks that we all know so well. I'll be delving into my extensive collection of outtakes, home recordings and demos, alternate mixes and interviews, to shed some new light on lesser-known aspects of the Beatles' recorded legacy. Listen, John. Yes, Ted. Um, when are you going to do... I mean, you've done a film now, and you've done records and things, and mm. uh, all that. When are you going to do a wireless program? Ah. Because you're good at wireless programs, aren't you? Yeah, well, we thought of doing the wireless, actually. We had thought of looking into the wireless, because mm. there's a lot of possibilities, you know. So it's quite possible that we would do something, you know. Yeah. Because it's so much fun, as you you yourself know, Ken, <laughs> being on the other end of the microphone. Listen, what you ought to do, um, far be it from me, but... Far be it. Yeah. Just get a tape recorder, and you and Paul and all the others, and just gabble for about eight hours, and then... Well, we've got a lot of that lying around the house, actually. The Beatles emerged at a time when the ability to record oneself outside of a recording studio was becoming a reality. The invention of portable tape recorders which could be used at home or taken to various places became the latest in recording technology, embraced by those who had a passion for capturing their lives for later playback and the funds to do so. Music or speech, in fact almost any sound for any purpose, can be recorded magnetically and played back immediately. Equipment for magnetic recording is available to schools, churches, service organizations, business, industry, and the home. These instruments are comparable to those used in radio stations and professional recording studios, but the cost is moderate. Sometimes I'd borrow a tape recorder from Grundig with a little green eye, and we'd sort of go around to my house and try and record little things. I still remember doing Hallelujah, I Just Love Her So, because I had the Eddie Cochran record. <laughs> but those are very much home demos, very bad quality. I think a couple of those still exist. <laughs>
You'll Be Mine, a home recording dating from 1960. The fledgling Beatles had borrowed a friend's Grundig tape recorder to capture some fresh tunes and dutifully returned the machine to its owner. Thankfully, the tape was also returned with it and was only discovered many years later to contain the earliest recordings of John, Paul and George, well before superstardom set in. Of course, the first ever recording of John Lennon singing, dating from the day he met Paul McCartney in June 1957, had also been preserved on a home recorder. The Beatles would continue to embrace the portable recording phenomenon to capture new compositions as they were written. As none of them could write musical notation, this was the perfect way to remember new songs and let the others hear them. Of course, the personalities of the soon-to-be Fab Four meant that they would find other uses for tape recorders, messing around and experimenting with sounds. This next recording captures the Beatles trying to replicate recording studio techniques of overdubbing, but this time at home, probably at Paul's house at 24th Lynn Road in the summer of 1963. First, the backing track, presumably played by Paul, John and George. the addition of a trumpet, drums and more guitar, recorded on a second tape machine while the first tape plays in the background. Listen carefully for tape operator Richard Starkey announcing that the tape is rolling. Okay, we're going. 
for completeness, the overdubbing of some inspirational vocals, giving the song its unofficial title, Rocking and Rolling. exactly a lost masterpiece, but an amusing experiment nonetheless. The tapes we have just heard came from the collection of the Beatles' chauffeur, Alf Bicknell, which was apparently given to him by John in the mid-1960s. Copies were made, and found their way onto bootlegs of course, before the original tapes were auctioned at Sotheby's by Bicknell, and bought by an anonymous buyer, reportedly none other than Paul McCartney himself. The tapes also captured some more personal moments, including this recording of Cynthia Lennon talking to newborn son Julian. John's budding literary skills were also preserved with this rare home recording of Cynthia Lennon reading one of John's poems, The Clinic, also from mid-1963. I'm going to the clinic, a working lump was heard to say, though I didn't hear it. Christmas herself claims that on no account can she remember giving secrets away to Ron Strasbourne, who hasn't had much of a mention. But did this profumble never ask? Some say he could not speak with his mask on, though I haven't heard them. But whom are we to judge the morsels of this young lady in a chair? Or this MP, more please, who strayed slightly from his wife? Duty, home, country, and God and the torches. It is for a greater judge than we. Blessy Haddock. Next week we have the inside true revealed story of the reporter who revealed the inside true today's story today. <laughs> July 1963 found the Beatles in the seaside town of Western Supermare. And with a bit of spare time on their hands, and probably a copy of the Bible found in their hotel room, an impromptu sermon was made. Elijah and Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilgit, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. And the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get 
my honey and join me in swamp. I'll hide myself before the That is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook, Cherith, that is, before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh and manna, bread and flesh and evil, and he drank of the brook. The help of another up-and-coming Merseyside star was enlisted as Jerry Marsden of Jerry and the Pacemakers, John and George, disguised themselves in hats and dark glasses and took a portable tape recorder in the car with them, stopping to ask several unsuspecting pedestrians for directions around town. Excuse me, And if you ever wanted to hear Paul McCartney singing a Judy Garland number, then today's your lucky day. Things to me. Someday I'll wish, you know I'll wish, 
hope on the star, the living star that we By the time Beatlemania was in full swing, each of the Beatles had a Brunel tape recorder at home, allowing them to create anything they liked, anytime at all. Christmas 1965 saw Paul produce his own so-called Christmas radio show, dubbed Radio Pauline, a spoof of the pirate radio station Radio Caroline, which was then pressed to disc and gifted to close friends. Let's tune in for a bit of festive fun. Hello everybody. Welcome to Unforgettable, a program in which we hope to bring to you old songs, new songs, blue songs, green songs, any songs you want, you name it. We've got it. Sounds from the past, sounds from the All over the place, in every country, every region, creed, people are getting together at Christmas to wish each other a happy And so, in this program, Unforgettable, we hope that you are not going to forget us. Great. Now it's time for the old golden gases. And we have along here uh, a a celebrity, a celebrity at Radio Pauline. We have of the famous Peter and Gordon duo, we have Peter, Peter Asher. Peter, what is your uh, golden gas you're going to play for us now? What is it, Peter? Uh, This is Don't Be Cruel by The King, and this is my favorite blast from the past. Favorite blast from the past? It's the King, it's Elvis. Don't be cruel. Take it, Al. Yes, sir. Yes, that was the king. It was Elvis himself. Elvis singing, Don't Be Cruel. And that was Peter Asher's Blast from the Past here on Radio Pauline. What a great track. And now, coming up, we have that group that was once popular in the 1960s. It's the Rolling Stones singing, Down Home Girl. Radio Pauline complete with guest appearance by then-potential brother-in-law, Peter Asher. While John would eventually assume the reputation of being the avant-garde one, mainly because of his association with Yoko Ono and their experimental tendencies, it was Paul who first showed an interest in the left-field art forms, especially when it came to recording. John Dunbar, owner of London's famous Indica Gallery, the place where John and Yoko first met in 1966, Explains. In the summer of 1965, Paul McCartney became a regular visitor to my flat in Hanson Street in the West End of London. He was very interested in the contemporary art scene, and I would play him avant-garde jazz records and electronic music, and lend him books and magazines. In turn, Paul introduced me to R&B and little-known Motown tracks. We discussed the idea of releasing an audio equivalent of the avant-garde magazines, where, instead of a review of a poetry reading, listeners would hear extracts from the reading itself, or maybe clips from concerts, rehearsals, or even items from the third programme that people might have missed. It was agreed that what we needed in order to do this was a small studio where writers and musicians could record without the overheads of a commercial facility. We'd heard that Beatles manager Brian Epstein was buying a small office building and we secured space on the top floor where a recording studio was to be installed. The core team consisted of myself, John Dunbar, Ian Somerville and Peter Asher. 
Our first release was to feature a long electronic piece by Paul McCartney, a mutter poem by Pete Brown based on the work of Kurt Schwitters, and a story. But when Epstein decided against buying the building, Paul found us temporary accommodation at Ringo Starr's old flat in Montague Square. What's happened to the tape recorder? The carousel of life! I say you, Jack! We as a do, really! No, honestly! It's a biffo do this! The sounds of a happy party um, recorded live at the um, Apollo basement in Montague Square. Can we have some echo on this, please? Uh. It's amazing what it does to your voice, isn't it? Oh, not half. It's really nice. Really nice. Well, I've only just come down for the really exhibition, nice. but... Well, I mean, we don't get I'm paid, amazed you know, at what I well, see. No, no, quite. I mean, I didn't uh, know right. the modern world. No, the I wouldn't have believed it myself either. No, such I a wouldn't place. have done. I mean, they seem to be running. Let's go. Paul paid for Ian Somerville to equip the flat at Montague Square with a pair of Revox tape recorders, microphones and so on. And Somerville moved into the building so as always to be on hand to engineer. No records ever got made there, but Paul used the studio to demo songs. The idea of making tape loops of such randomised noodling and sounds would later be effectively employed on Beatles tracks from Revolver to the White Album, adding a sonic backdrop to enhance the atmosphere of the new songs. How would Tomorrow Never Knows or Revolution 9 have sounded without them? As we know, for songwriters not trained in the art of musical notation, home recordings were a way of demoing songs so they weren't forgotten the next day, and for the others to get a feel for the latest offerings.
rare recordings from 1966 of two John Lennon songs which never made it past the demo stage. Hold On, I'm Coming, and another unknown track which reminded John so much of Mr. Moonlight that he seamlessly slipped into a cover version of it, complete with typewriter overdub. As the Beatles ended touring in August 1966, they regained some of the home time which had eluded them for so long since the beginnings of Beatlemania. John's home studio at Kenwood, his home in Surrey, was fully kitted out with several tape machines, microphones, effects pedals, an antique record collection, and of course, a Mellotron, the prototype synthesizer which would adorn many Beatles tracks from this time onwards. 
visitors to John's house, including the likes of Ringo and folk icon Donovan, would often retire to his makeshift studio to just lark about, preserving their inane sketches, ramblings and musical stylings to tape. Oh, the jolly, jumping, pally poodles. With one or two requests. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. And a very, very, very good welcome to the Edge Hill Social Club. Aye, aye. Your hosts for this evening is us. All right, everybody, keep it shining your nose and your clothes clean. Don't forget the apples when you go downtown. Don't forget the red and don't forget a brown. See him there in his silvery gown. Oh, sailors, come back to me. Well, that was another golden gasser from Woody the Woodbine. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. For the opening of Chichi's Bar tonight, we have a very special guest. There's been no messing here. I want everything in its place, including me. And where's my place? At home. Where's my booty dootin' dootie from Brazil? She's a pair of yellow knickers on the hill. But I love her little. I would like to for you to come with me. A track known as Chi-Chi's Cafe, featuring none other than Ringo Starr, most likely dating from 1967. Many of John's home recordings were sourced from the Lost Lennon Tapes radio series in the late 1980s and early 1990s, utilising tapes given to the producers by Yoko Ono 
to help preserve John's legacy after his death. Some of these recordings, like Chi-Chi's Cafe, have been embellished with crowd noises to add ambiance for an FM radio audience, but still offer a fabulous insight into what John and his friends were up to in their spare time. I like to think that now, this time of year, we can bring in a more broader, you know, something bigger and better. And this year we've got for you, straight from Havana, Cuba. We've got a swingy little trio, bass maracas and bass. Each one of them are going to do their utty to entertain you. Latin American way. In down Cuba we get many bananas. We get the coffee too. We don't have many cigars cause we've sold them all. Man, I fish by night and day. Unfortunately, I live in Bristol, far, far away. And there ain't no fish to be caught. No fish to be caught. There ain't no sea. The councils came away from me. I'm Pedro the fisherman with not a fish to fash. I've got a hook and a line, big mac, and a big ass, some socks, and a pair of Wellingtons, and a bit of wire. Two of John's lost masterpieces, down in Cuba and Pedro the Fisherman, created at home in 1967. The Mellotron gave home musicians like John access to a range of cheesy sounds which could conjure up images of seedy nightclubs, two-bit crooners, and maybe just a sniff of yesteryear.
evocative Stranger in My Arms, featuring familiar-sounding Mellotron presets which would occasionally find their way into Beatles tracks. The instantaneous nature of these recordings meant that every now and then a tape would be used in a hurry, with little regard for what was already on it. Trying to see it my way do I have to keep on talking till I can go on? While you see it your way, run a risk of knowing that our love may soon be gone. We can work it out, we can work it out. Think of what you're saying, you can get it wrong and still you think that it's alright. Think of what I'm saying. Well, this week's willing couple number is a young couple living in Reading, Sussex, and they've won this week's golden dress. Are you ready for it? Once upon a time, there was a little girl called Lucy who lived at a farm called Little Town. 
She was a good little girl. Only she was always losing her pocket handkerchiefs. One day, little Lucy came into the farmyard. Crying. Oh, she did cry so. I've lost my pocket handkin. Three handkins and a penny. Have you seen them, Tabby Kitten? The kitten went out on white, watching her white paws. So Luki asked a special hen. Sally Penny, have you found three pocket handkins? But the speckled hen ran into the barn, clucking. I go barefoot, barefoot, barefoot. Lucy scrambled up the hill as fast as her short legs would carry her. She ran along a steep pathway, up, up, up and up until little town was right down below. She could have dropped a pebble down the chimney. Millionaire. His motto in life. This is the first time we have met like this. This is not the first time we have met like this. We have met like this yesterday. Paul's 1965 home demo tape of We Can Work It Out, unceremoniously recycled by John for his rendition of the classic Beatrix Potter children's book, The Tale of Mrs. Tiggywinkle. John naturally didn't see the future value of preserving Paul's demo for a song that was now two years old, and probably used the tape to overdub effects or narration onto his latest bit of nonsense. Let's join John and Ringo with special house guest and folk icon, Donovan. That went on a bit. It's Donovan here. Come here, lad. Hello, Mr. Dell. Hello, Mr. D. Are you Let's have a good time party. Hello, Mr. D. Hello, Mr. D. Hello, Mr. T. 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 We'll have a good time party. She's got some more than you've seen. Come on, come on, come on, and we will be, come on, <laughs> come on, your daddy's little sunshine, come on, boy. Daddy's little sunshine boy, with perhaps more than a few cups of hard tea on board as guests at John's house. The Beatles would channel the Goon Show and use similar recordings of improvised sketches and sound effects, although professionally recorded and in much better quality, to cobble together their later Christmas flexi-discs for their fan club. 
listen into this next recording, again featuring near neighbour Ringo, which features some back announcing reminiscent of the Beatles' early days on BBC Radio. Take 88. A small cafe in a dark interior down somewhere up the south of coast. Okay? The smell is awful. Ready? Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. I've come about the awful parcel. The awful parcel, sir? Yes, sir. I'm to deliver it at half three tomorrow morning. Ah. That's not good enough, Tracy. That's not <laughs> good enough. Well, that's my best. Now, this is the way. Look, this is the way. Yes. I've come about the parcel. What do you mean, about the parcel? Don't you remember? I was here just a few seconds ago. No, I beg your pardon. It must have been someone else. You must be right. I'll go. Clump, 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 clump. How was that, Harry? How was that? Well, I was better, Tracy, but I don't like your diction. Um, well, you know, I've only been over here two weeks. After that, those two never met again, and of course the director died the next year of tuberculosis cancer, and uh, it was the last we heard of him. Anyway, over to Beachley, who was on the other station. And, uh, the, baby the mic's not on! Stop! Stop the band! The mic's not on! No! Stop! Stop everything! The, the mic's not on! It's not going out, no! Stop! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! The mic's not on! Stop! That's better! Sorry, Sid, the mic's gone. I'll just get ready to fix it, won't be a minute, okay? Come on, now play some interval music for you before the breakdown finishes. Have you got a minute? Have you got a minute? What? Have you got a minute for an old timer? A minute for an old timer. Have you got a minute for an old timer? I've got, a, I've got an hour for a young man though. Have you got an hour? <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, listen, my wife, when we walk down the Piccadilly, she's got only nose on her leg. What do you think of that? It's alright, isn't it? That's why she went like this, didn't she? Yeah, no, she didn't. She went like this, I bet you. My father's an egg weight. Is he? Yes. What an egg weight? I don't know, but it's so tense. Who's that? It's me. Who's me? Meow. Oh, meow. Who's meow? Yeah, the cat. Oh, oh, the cat out of there. Anyway, that's all from Sid and Charlie. Next week, there's a performance there and an L.C.L. tin. Anyway, good night. <laughs> I'll laugh in the shout. We'll leave you with the theme song, which goes something <laughs> like that. Okay. Oh, yes. No, I hope we haven't lost it. No. Okay, breakdown's over. Come on. Breakdown. Technicians here. Oh, what's the matter this time? Don't forget. Overseas <laughs> listeners. Where's the foremost? Well, that's it for this episode. Next time, more Christmas cheer from the Beatles. Until next time, 